Praise God. Praise God. What an incredible move of God already in this place. You all may be seated. That song that they were singing, and uh, it just reminds me, uh, we're in, from, I'm from Lake Charles, and we've been there for 20 years. And that particular song, every time I hear it, and I'll get my hanky in a second, but every time I hear it, um, and of course, a couple years ago, we had a couple hurricanes that passed through our way. And, uh, but that song was the song we sang that Wednesday night <laughs> before the second one came through. And that second one was the one that left us with two feet of water through our whole building. And we were in the middle of fixing a remodel, which this is a beautiful facility. And I can tell you right now that God was faithful. In 70 days, we recovered all, and we were able to be back in our sanctuary. So I'm telling you that song, he does keep hope alive. I'm so thankful for a faithful God. He's steadfast. You can rely and depend upon him today if you're possibly questioning it. You can depend upon him today. It's such an honor, such an honor to be here with you ladies here at Wallace Ridge and the surrounding areas. I know some of you are from the surrounding areas. I'm so thankful to be here with you all. I count it a joy just to be here and experiencing the worship um, and because the presence of the Lord has already filled this room. And I know you know that anytime you make room for his presence, the miraculous incredible supernatural things happen amen and i believe already people responding in faith god did a work god already sent angels out whatever that prayer was god has already done a work and and i give honor to pastor and sister stevenson and and i'm very appreciative of their invite for me to be here and for their continued support for this day i i, I give recognition and honor to them um, they're very incredible well-respected leaders in this state and you all are honored to have them as pastors and sister stevenson she has a kindness and a gentleness about her that's what i know her to be and I can, I'm thankful for her friendship, and she is a woman of God, and I, I know you recognize that. Amen. Amen. And a special thanks to Sister Georgia. She had a, she's had a rough month, but through it all, she was, her and her team, uh, the people that she had helping, she, I mean, she was still, that didn't daunt her one bit. She was still calling and checking and all the things, so I give her thanks and honor for her because I know it's a lot of work. All this takes a lot of work, and it's very beautiful, very beautiful. So, and then I, one more thing. I want to give special thanks to my uh, friends from Lake Charles, uh, Summer, who's our church admin. She's a second brain. And then uh, de dear friend Kelly Rose and Laura Guillory. I'm thankful that they came. And Laura's husband is running for family judge, and they're in a busy season right now. So I'm thankful that she took time to to, to come today. So thank you all for coming from Lake Charles. And what a conference, what a service already today. Virtuous woman. I know all of us in here are striving, right? We're striving to have that calling upon us. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just thankful that we're taking this time and, and putting our mind to it. So, well, I brought my readers, and this is the first time I've had to do this, right? So that means I'm, I'm, I'm now that age. 
I'm now in that season, and we'll see how this works, right? But um, so on occasion, I might like just engage, you know. But uh, but I've chosen to live in two seasons because I have four kids, and I have an older set, one that's 22, and uh, one that's going to be 18, and a 10 and an eight-year-old. So I have one that's going to be finishing up college in the fall, and then I have one learning their multiplication tables this year. So I need the readers and I need energy drinks. So that's, and the youngest two are boys. So it's, it's all the things. But, but anyway, so two weeks ago, because I have the older set, right? So we go to this big youth conference and it's called National Youth Congress for those, and it's a big deal. And it was in St. Louis and there's about 34,000 uh, high school students, college age students, parents, workers, and it was an incredible incredible time where they got together and worshiped and the sessions and the ministering of the word and the altar like it was an incredible to see them respond and be renewed and even my own kids you know it you know when your kids start responding when they start accepting that legacy of of hungering after god it just moves you more than anything else i mean nothing else can move you like that but uh, it was incredible. So on the way back, and it takes about a day, I think probably for anyone to finally kind of come back from the trip. But I ran across, I was looking through some old articles, and I ran across an article that I'd saved. And the article was called Forced Perspective. And it went into the, de the details of how the Disney parks, they go about strategic ways to create this sense of grandeur and awesomeness in their parks and on their rides, and, but they have to work in a limited sense of space. And so it was talking about, for example, uh, like the Yeti ride at the Animal Kingdom for those that have possibly been there. That, so they've taken that mountain and they've, they've made that mountain a certain color so that it tricks the mind eye, making you think it's further away and that it's bigger than what it is. And then like in the Magic Kingdom Park, when you're going down the main street and you're looking at the castle and you're just walking, beep bopping down, you know, with your whatever snacks or whatever, and you're just looking. Well, so as you're walking down Main Street, those three, two, three-story buildings at, that you're walking by, well, the true reference point is that first story is the true height because the second and third story aren't a true dimension what it would be but in your mind's eye your your eye takes in that first story and it just uses that uses that as this is a thir three story two story building so they've used that to making so you you're not even thinking a, th a thing about it so it gives you it changes your perspective without you even recognizing it and so I was pondering that in my spirit and and in this culture that we're in right because of social media and all the platforms that are promoted, right, with our kids, that's all they know, right? That's all they know. And our Christian culture following these social media norms, because it's becoming their language, right, um, our perspective is starting to become forced. Our, cult our culture would like to set the tone of our frame of reference. It wants to change what, our, what we know it wants to set our biblical value, our biblical truths, and it wants to build our foundation on these half-truths, right? So this got in my spirit because I know the enemy of our soul would like to get our perspective to, because he knows if we can get disillusioned, fragmented, discouraged, and disconnected from the power of God to where we can't be who he has called us to be, 
So I felt compelled in prayer to encourage you ladies this morning and to me myself. Remember to seek and hunger after what is God's perspective. Amen. What is God's vision? What does God deem virtuous? Because we're not of this world. We're, we're a chosen generation and a royal priesthood. And, and sometimes the culture is like, no, you need to fit in with all the, uh, no, no, not according to what the word of God says. This is, this is my anchor. This is where I, I deem my value for. And so I was, I was wanting us to in, encourage your perspective to be directed and filtered by the Holy Ghost. And for you to understand that you are here on this earth for eternal purpose. This world is not my home. This is just but a vapor. This is just but a vapor. In the whole history and scheme of things, my little lifespan is but a breath. Right, and so I want to make sure that I'm on, I'm in tune with what is God seen as a win. What does God rejoice in? And because we consider, just as you get into social media and all the things and the the, the friends you hang out with and all the things, uh, we consider many things a win. Win, but what are your kingdom of God wins? Not worldly wins. Not wins by our culture standards, but kingdom wins. The wins that have eternal value. And I want to anchor this, in a, and I gave a few little scriptures and such, and whatever, if you follow along, what, it's, not, it's, it's not a big deal. But I want to anchor this scripture first thing. In Hebrews 12 and 1, and in the, uh, Hebrews 11, we know that's the chapter of faith, that the that. that uh, it's it's known for all those that had strived in faith. So Hebrews 12 and 1, so this recaps and follows up, and it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily and sneakily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, not 10 years ago, not 20 years ago, but for right now in 2023. What is the race marked out for us right now? And this is how we do it, fixing our eyes on Jesus. We're not fixing our eyes on the first story, second story, third story. We're not fixing our eyes on that Yeti mountain with the different colors, but fixing our eyes on Jesus right? Because he is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So right now, this morning, God, if there's anything that would hinder our mind, our thoughts, or, or would entangle us, or distract us, or overwhelm us, or, 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 or make us confused, oh God, let us throw those things off, and let us fix our eyes on you this morning because you will give us wisdom. You will order our steps. You will bring clarity on the next step that we need to take. In Jesus' name. And so I want to flip the script on this. And I want to tell you this uh, a little story I'd ran across. And it's, uh, it's that one little graphic. On November 28, 1980, 
a boxing match between scrappy Roberto Duran from Panama versus the American Sugar Ray Leonard, and it was the advertised as the super fight at the Louisiana Superdome in New Orleans, and it was a rematch fight, and the first match between the two happened in Montreal, Canada earlier that year, and Sugar Ray Leonard II, a favorite of the American people, was defending his title for the World Boxing Council, Council for Welterweight, and Duran was the first contender to have the potential to take that title away. And in the first fight, Scrappy Duran caught Leonard unexpected in the boxing match in Montreal and won the fight narrowly. And so for the next few months after that unexpected win, Duran lived infamously. He got out of shape, didn't stay committed to his routine of staying sharp in the ring, but instead partied and gloated in his one-time success. And so when the rematch was called for, the super fight happened. And Sugar Ray Leonard, ready for the rematch, slowly, surely, and steadily came head to toe with Duran. But Duran, out of shape and out of gas, from his eight months of celebrating, by the eighth round, he became defeated in spirit. And he raises his gloves, and he leaves the match, and he says, no mas, which means no more. And that super fight was renamed the no mas fight. Because Duran walked away from the fight with the words, no mas, no more. So Duran had all the potential to keep his title. But his lack of continued keep on keeping on got him in an unexpected situation to where his response was, I give up, no mas. And so this story... This example speaks to us because we don't want to be nomas Christians, right? Right? We don't want to be nomas women of God, nomas mothers, nomas intercessors, nomas Bible study teachers. We got to keep on keeping on for the kingdom of God because it's all at stake. Souls are at the gates of hell. And if we don't reach and if we don't keep on keeping on, they're at to, to the enemy's disposal in Jesus name in Jesus name and so like that beloved children's fable about the story of the jackrabbit and the turtle yes the jackrabbit was quick but the steady sure-footed turtle finished the race what does it take to cross the finish line because our race is a kingdom race our race is an eternal race. And, and so what is our race? What does this pursuit after Jesus Christ wholeheartedly look like? And so Paul, he's phenomenal in the New Testament because, you know, he comes after the Church of Acts. And so he's trying to explain to these worldly new disciples, right? You've got all these new churches happening, you know, all kind of stuff, right? The New Testament is such full of great things. And he gives, so he's talking to the Corinthians in the scripture, and he's given this wonderful example to those new disciples, this new church, and he's trying to give them a better understanding of the importance of their new life in God. And so in 1 Corinthians 9, and he's talking to the church of Corinth, verses 24 through 27, he's talking to these this, this new church. And Ancient Corinth at this time was 50 miles from Athens, Greece. And Athens, Greece is where the Olympics were held 
at this time, right? And so, but also during the same time period where they were at in Corinth, there was an, a great, uh, there was an just as important set of games that were happening like the Olympics, and they were called the Isthmus Games. And they were just a big, big of a deal as the Olympics were, and they were held close to them in Corinth. And people would travel from miles around to either participate or watch those games. So that whole, under, that whole region who he was talking to would understand Paul when he spoke in an athletic allegory of sorts to help them better understand the race of a disciple of Jesus Christ. So here's what he tells them, right? In verse 24, he's trying to explain to them. And he says here in 24, Know ye not, Corinthians, that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? Corinthians, run, run. Do all that you can. Fall in love with Jesus Christ so that ye may obtain. And every man, 25, that striveth for the mastery is temperate. In all things. Now they do it and they work and they struggle and they train for a corruptible crown for a little vine. That's what they're doing it for. But we're doing it for an incorruptible, heavenly, eternal crown. Yes. And in verse 26, and he says, I therefore so run. I'm not doing it uncertainly. I'm not doing this just for fun. So fight I, not as one that just beats the air. I'm not just doing this. I'm doing this very intentionally. Everything I do is intentional. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have done the gospel and I've worked to church and I've brought my kids to church and I've been faithful all these years, that I myself at some point, sometime, because of an offense somewhere, I was hurt somewhere, that I would be a castaway. I bring my body into subjection because our Christian path, it's very strategic. It's lots of sacrifice. It's lots of being intentional. But it's for the end goal, for the incorruptible crown. And the focus to preach to others and not be lost ourselves. That is the kingdom win, to hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Jesus' name. So how are we going to finish this race? And so Paul is talking to another group in Acts, and it's Acts 20, so it's near the end. And he's talking to some of his peers that have been striving with him in the faith, and he's at Ephesus, and it's, it's the end of his last missionary journey, and it's his third one, and he knows that he's not going to see this group of people again. And he's on his way back to Jerusalem, and he stops in Ephesus on his way, but he knows that when he gets to Jerusalem, he's going to be in prison. But before he leaves these elders of Ephesus, he's just, he feels this weight, this burden, and he implores them to finish strong. And he says in Acts 20 and 24, and he talks about all the things that he's done and inputted and the time that he spent with them. But then he says, but none of these things move me. I'm 47. Whatever has happened in my 47 year, years, of, none of that moves me. 
Neither count I right now my life dear unto myself. Only so that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I received of the Lord Jesus, so that I can testify of the gospel of the grace of God, so that I can say at, at the end when he says, well done, I can say, but it's all for the glory of God. It's all for your glory. Whatever was sacrificed, whatever was endured, it doesn't matter. It's all for the glory of God. We have to have a made-up mind so that we can finish the race with whatever is happening in my life right now. No matter what I've accomplished for the kingdom, none of these things move me. I've just got to finish with joy. And in James, the half-brother of Jesus, he tells us, and he begins this, this process, and Paul's fixing to further explain, but he, he shares this, and he says, James 1, 2 through 4 and 12, he says, My brethren... Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience, he's trying to explain to them, let it have her perfect work. It's doing something in you, okay? You're getting a shot. You're getting medicine for a good reason. It's that you may be perfect or mature and entire or whole. Let patience have her perfect work. Whatever you're going through, because it's helping you to become mature and whole, wanting nothing. So, settle down. I tell myself all the time, settle down, whatever's going on. Settle into the stretching, the unpleasantness, because you are developing a necessary equipping skill, patience. And that patience is helping you to mature, and it's causing you to be whole as you wait. Wait on the Lord, and he shall renew your strength. And he says, blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he's tried, he's going to receive what? The crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. And, and, and in Romans, Paul talks to the Romans, and he says, Romans, not only so, but we glory in tribulation. And this is how do we finish the race. I'm telling you, I'm not saying you get to sit down and you get to get peeled grapes. I'm telling you, this is, this is it. This is it. We glory in tribulations. Who wants to hear that at this time in the morning? I don't right? We glory in tribulations knowing that tribulation, <laughs> tribulation does what? It works patience. And we need that, right? That's what James told us. And patience works experience. And experience gives us hope. And you know what that hope does? It allows us to confidently wait because I know God's going to, I don't know how, but God, God's going to do something for me. God's, it may not be the way that I want to, but he's right on time. Right? And so if we have patience, we're going to start, start having some experiences. And not if not all those experiences are fun or not all those experiences what we want to experience, but that experience will help us learn about the faithfulness and the provision of God, I promise you. 
And that is going to lead us into having hope in God. Having experience and being able to survive a difficult situation will allow you to confidently wait until the storm passes. Hang on with all your might on that buoy. If that's all you have right now, you keep on hanging on. Because I promise you, God sees you in the middle of the storm. If all you can do is just stand and all you see is just the storm around you, just stand there. He sees you. You might not see, but he has a host of angels just guarding, guarding around you. You be patient. You stay right there. I, I'm teaching you that I'm faithful. I'm teaching you that I'm going to be your provider, that I'm going to be your way maker, that I'm your, your creator, that I'm your father, that whatever you have need of, you can ask it. Let this be a word. Settle it in our spirit, oh God. We seal it in the name of Jesus. Seal it in the name of Jesus. So embrace the hard times. God is developing faith in you. Embrace the difficult seasons because God is developing patience in you. And so there's some runner requirements, and what does it take? You don't ever see, like, those people running just getting some Cheetos and Diet Coke. And if that was the case, I'd be running. So, <laughs> But just as a runner is very intentional with prepping for the race, we're on a spiritual race, right? So that reminds me, you know, I can't be just hours and hours. And listen, listen I'm hilarious. I can't just be scrolling. And like someone has a need and like, oh, I'm not even them. Oh, I'm not even there. Right. So I have to be intentional in, in making sure that I'm ready for this spiritual race. Right. That my heart is ready. And so we've got to be an intentional. And in First Timothy four and seven in the NIV, it says, listen to this here. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives tales. And I, this summer, I'd taken a break from social media. Now, listen, I, once a week, I get on there. But, you know, you get on there, and you can be on there forever on reels and life hacks and cleaning your house, and you can validate everything. I promise you. You know, I follow these people, and I get all these ideas, you know. But it starts forming your affirmation, and it starts forming on your, your judgments and your value system. So just be mindful, right? Just be mindful. Don't do anything with godless myths and old wives' tales. And it says, train yourself to be godly. Train. So you have to be intentional because training requires some work. Tra training requires some intentional action. And it says, it continues on, train yourself to be godly. Uh, in studying the word, developing a prayer life. For physical training is of some value. But godliness has value for all things. And what a connection with our virtuous woman. It, it includes some intentional actions, right? Uh, I'm a nice person. I am. You know, on random occasions. But, um, but I am not. God's still working on me. He, every season, he's, I'm like, I thought I, I, thought I conquered that. And nope. Nope, nope, you didn't. So, you know, I have to train. I have to get this body in subjection. So 
um, in 1 Corinthians 9 and 27, and that's that one scripture again, but in the NIV, I love it because he says, therefore, I don't run aimlessly, and I want you to remember this. I don't fight like a boxer beating the air. I just want, you have to be intentional. No, I strike a blow to my body, and I make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I'm not disqualified. I get it under subtraction. I do some things. I fast. I, I shut I walk away. I walk away. I'm walking away. I'm just walking away. I'm just, I need to walk away. I need to scroll on. I need to, I'm not going to type anything there. Hello. Oh, Jesus, because I'm talking to myself. So, but training is not a passive event, and this conference, it's not a passive event, right? You had to get here. You had to get sitters. You had to get your car. You had to get your coffee. This wasn't a passive thing, but training is like sanctification, and sanctification doesn't happen overnight, okay? It's, you're not all of a sudden this full mature Christian. Sanctification requires us to set ourselves apart unto God, and it's daily repentance, it's, it's time in prayer. It's, it's being intentional with fasting and being bold enough and, and, and getting comfortable enough where you can witness, where you can share a scripture, come to church, digging in the word, uprooting bitterness, getting rid of temptation. If it's a temptation, get it out of your house. Get it off of your phone. Training is mortifying the flesh. It's running with purpose. It's uh, those that those are the training methods that help us from being disqualified from the prize, and that's all. Some of these these are the runners runners requirements, right? And here's a second thing that runners know. Runners know their strengths and weaknesses, right? They know that on this bend, I'm going to have to do a certain thing because I, my left leg's a little. I got a glitch in it today. Like they got it down to a fine art. Well, that's kind of what we need to like, I have a problem with this and I need to either stay away from this conversation or I need to, or I need to, I need to get in the word or I need to, I need to find out a little bit more about this. So you have to know your strengths or if you're good with people or if you're good with praying the altar, develop that. You know, get, get into, get some books, uh, get a mentor in the church. Like how can I, how can I be more effective in the kingdom of God? Right? So To better train for this race, you have to know who you are as a participant. What are your capabilities? What's your strengths? What's your weaknesses? What do you need to learn to restrain? What what can you develop? Because you're not going to be able, and I know this by now fully, you're not going to be able to run this race based on your knowledge, your logic, your personality, and your determination. You can do it for a while. But I promise you something's going to come up. I promise you that is out of your hands. It, you can't, it has to be the Lord that does it. Right? So you can't finish this race 
Like, oh, I got it. I don't, I got this. No, I promise you, you've got to have the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, activated in every aspect of who you are, mind, soul, body, and spirit. It has got to be directing and ordering your thoughts and, and, and everything of who you are. So if our spiritual man stays connected in prayer to God, our spirit, the spirit of God in us, it's going to prompt us, our thoughts to change. It's going to be that, oh, I think Brother Stevenson preached on that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to help our language to change. You know what? Charlene, instead of being negative Nancy, you need to give praise to God today. You need to uh, cut the negative comments back. So this is the day. This is the day. So I'll like, I'll put some like, I don't feel it, but I got to say it. I'm just going to this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Summer, thank you, Lord. Jesus. So it'll, and it'll cause us to think on good things, to gladly surrender to the things of God, and to keep our emotions in biblical check. Not what we're feeling in the moment. Are my emotions in biblical check? Because we're having to process real life difficulties in real time, right? Because you're fixing to walk out these doors and everything's going to bombard you once again. So you're like, once again, what do I do? Well, you start speaking of the goodness of God in the midst of trial and despair. You start... Uh, you start working in the vein of prayer. You start working in the vein of the Holy Ghost. And like, I don't know how to do that. I promise you, you just set you, even if you start on little goals and you start making prayer intentional, and I promise you it'll get easier and easier because it's like muscle memory, right? It's hard to do that, but when it becomes a part of your identity, you know, and if people like, oh, man, she used to be kind of crazy, but now she's just very, she's sweet, and, you know, she's always speaking good things, you know. Well, and I, I don't want, but do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, it's not, and I speak, I guess, so uh, bluntly because I have to speak to myself. It was, and let me, and I guess let me, let me clarify this. Because I could, I, in the past, I could be kind of, not sarcastic, but I love to be funny and make jokes. And God um, convicted me. He said, you, you can't work in the supernatural and the spiritual and be in that comical, sarcastic sense all the time. So you can have that, but you have to be in the mindset of faith. Because if you go in that avenue, then at everything, you're just, da, 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 you know what I'm saying? So I had to train my language in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God and Christ concerning me and, 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 and things that I would handle. Lord, I give you praise. And, and I've been training my kids. What, what's a better way to say that? What's a better way to say it? How, how do you better say that? Well, you, you, do you understand what I'm saying? So, um, so that's why we have to learn to walk in the spirit. So I ask you this morning and I ask myself, is your thoughts is your will, is your emotions, is your body submitted and in alignment with the Spirit of God, the Word of God? And I say that to myself. Jesus, when I woke up this morning, are my thoughts submitted to you? Uh, is my will submitted to you? Are my emotions submitted to you? Are what is what I say to others submitted to you, to the Word of God? Uh, what music are you exposing your emotions to? Who do you follow on social media? And I promise I say this to myself and I say this to my kids. And I, What do you let your mind dwell on? Is it revenge and playing, replaying past wrongs? 
right? That sets the tone for your spirit. And this is all about becoming a better, knowing your weaknesses and your strengths as a participant. Because know this here, you are crafted, you are molded to be an overcomer. You are a child of God, a disciplined disciple. You are a victorious Christian, an influencer for the kingdom kingdom of God. And hell should tremble when you walk up in whatever chaos that he's trying to do. If, what, if he's trying to cause chaos in your family or whatever, when he sees you, he's like, oh, there's the prayer warrior. Oh, now my, I can't do anything because she's going she's gonna to stop my efforts. Hell should tremble when you walk up. Let me affirm you in the Holy Ghost if the devil has been lying to you. You are Satan's worst nightmare. You have to understand that. You are a builder of the kingdom of God. You are a carrier of the Holy Ghost. You are indestructible because God has said about you that there is no weapon that has been or will be formed that can conquer you. How many of you received that word? I am persuaded. I am an overcomer. God has made me the head and not the tail. I am a daughter of the king. And no matter your past, because I know this is another tactic of the enemy, God has fully forgiven you. If you potentially were even thinking that if you repented and maybe God didn't forgive you, God has fully forgiven you. If Satan is making you want to question God's forgiveness, that is Satan's old devices. You are a new man. If you keep falling, get back up again. If you keep falling, it doesn't matter if it's been 20, 25 times because this is an eternal race. We haven't made heaven our home yet. We're still in the grace dispensation. There's still time. We can still overcome. You can make it. The devil is a liar. And let me say it again if you didn't get it. The devil is a liar. And you know how you defeat lies? You defeat them with truth. So if the devil is just trying to overwhelm you and just war, bring war in your mind, you know what you do? You're like, okay, you're going to do that. I'm going to come on the offense. And I'm going to start praying for those that need prayer. And I'm going to start putting scriptures. And just randomly, I'm just going to start speaking scriptures in my house. That's how you overcome the lies of the enemy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because there was a season, there was a long period in my life, and it just God gave me the revelation. But he had me in a corner. And he had me in a corner. And that's the revelation that God understood what was happening. And he was pounding me and just all the things, right? And I would take it, and then I'd get back up, and again, just bullying me. And I finally got, like, got this revelation of what was happening. And I was like, oh, and I, oh no, 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 I know what's happening now. 
I know what he's called me to do and, and, and called me to be. And so I am going to put scriptures, and I had to. I had to. It was war. It was war. And I had to get scriptures. The Lord is my light. And I'd go through my house and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid when the wicked, even my enemies, and my foes came upon me to eat of my flesh? They stumbled and fell by one thing. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. That was it. Devil, there's more than you and more than fear, more than anxiety. One thing I desire. Oh, to dwell in the house of the Lord. So you are called to be salt and light if you didn't realize that. And the devil is frightened, fearful of you because he knows that you can change whatever atmosphere that you walk into. You are a city on a hill. And Paul tells us in Philippians 3 and 13, brethren, and I'm telling you today, I count myself not to have apprehended or I've had full success in the full scope of what my Christian calling is. I, I, I haven't had it. But this one thing I do, and I'm forgetting those things which are behind, and that's what you need to say. And I'm reaching with hunger and passion unto those things which are before. And I press. I press. It's hard. I'm tired. I'm confused. I'm exhausted. I'm overwhelmed. But I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Because this world is not my home. I'm just passing Lord, you do a work in the atmosphere, oh God. You send your angels. So we now understand this, this kingdom. Kingdom when it's a big deal, but uh, you know, we know that how what it's going to take. It's going to take patience. What, how we're going to make it, and 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 all the things that we're going to have to do. We're going to have to endure tribulation. I've encouraged you, reminded you that you are incredible in the sight of God. You're the apple of His eye. He knew you before he, you were born. But I want to tell you, I felt like it'd be fair to give you a heads up on some of the things that you're going to face on this this path. And so Paul, the way Paul does, he, he tries to give a, a human example to better explain a bigger concept. And I want to share with you this book. And it's a book of allegories given to us through the Christian literature. And it gives us wonderful examples to help us, to help us understand this race that we're on, right? And uh, it's called Pilgrim's Progress. And it's a very old book. It's written by John Bunyan in 1678. And it's the story of Christian's journey as he's on his way from the city of destruction to the celestial city. And all the perils and joys that he encounters while on this journey. And it, it, some of it sounds so familiar and real to us. And he's on this journey. And the first thing he encounters, and I love 
how they describe a feeling, right? He encounters the swamp of despond or no hope. How many of you in here have felt no hope and that it feels like a murky, ooky swamp, right, that you can't get your feet out of? You just, it's, it's no hope. And then he runs into Mr. Worldly Wiseman, Mr. Legality, and then he goes to the place of deliverance. And after he stops at deliverance, which is Calvary, to get rid of that heavy burden that he'd been carrying, he's then armed with the armor of God. And let me remind you this morning that you have the armor of God fully at your disposal. The, the, I pray over my boys every morning that, Lord, we pray the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, and our feet with peace. They may not understand everything that, that we're saying, but one day, oh, I know what that belt of truth means now. I've been quoting that every day when we leave, but now I know what that breastplate of righteousness, I know the importance of that. But you have the armor of God as you go, as he went into the celestial city. So then he goes by the wicked gate, which leads to the king's highway. And here is where it begins. He runs into people called sloth, simple, presumptuous, or presumption. He has to pass by the hill of difficulty, by the valley of shadow of death, which have visited us all, right? He goes by, he chooses to go by Vanity Fair, and he goes by the mining hill of money, and then he chooses not to stop by the easier path called Bypath Meadow, by the delectable mountains that would woo him in. He has to pass or meet the flatterer, ignorance, vain hope, and he finally goes to the river of death, finally to where he goes to the celestial city. And every one of us in here has had different encounters with each one of these. Some have to deal with Vanity Fair. Some have to overcome not wanting to stop at the path of easier bypath, going by the easy way. Some of us are distracted by the delectable mountains, right? That temptation. Come over here or by the mining hill of money, choosing comforts of this world over uh, sacrifices of the kingdom, right? But we have the spirit of God in us to overcome any temptation. <laughs> Year of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen. Praise God. Anything you face, you are of God. You are women of God. And so Paul is explaining in 1 Corinthians 13, and as I, as I finish this part of it, and he's trying to tell them how we're going to have to face these unknowns that we'll face on our race, okay? He, so he was in 1 Corinthians 9, and he was talking about the race, but this is how he's going to tell them how their spiritual man ought to keep pressing on this path to heaven. And he says, for we know in part, he says, mm. and we prophesy in part. And boy, there are days when I definitely only know in part. But when that which is perfect or mature has come, then that what was in my life is going to be done away with. One day, all this that I don't understand, it's going to be done away with. And that's where all of us are at. 
We're going to understand it better by and by. And that's why you see some ladies that they're looking at this glass darkly and they're so frustrated and they're not responding in, in a sense of faith because they're having to go through these bumps and, and they have to keep pressing on. And then you see some that are able to respond with difficulties with a peaceful response because they've seen the faithfulness of God and they know that, yes, it's dark, but God is a faithful God. And he will lead me through whatever I'm currently going in. Because I understand right now I'm looking through a glass darkly. I don't understand. As I'm taking these steps by the hill of difficulty, I'm choosing not just to sit down and do nothing. I, I, but one day it's going to be where I see him face to face. Right now, I only know in part as I'm trying to go through this path, as I'm trying to overcome all these temptations and obstacles. But then one day, shall I know, even as I'm, he knows me in entirety, and I'm willing to be content as I'm on my race, only to know in part. I'm willing to have trust in God because of my faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus Christ as I'm on this King's Highway. Keep your faith in God. Keep your faith in God. You are living in an incomplete understanding of what he's doing in your life. But know this, that he is doing a work in your life. You don't know. But we know who holds tomorrow. Trust in him. Because one day, by and by, it will be better. <laughs> when we all get to heaven, what a day that will be. And I want to be that. I want to endure, have patience, have faith, so that I can get my kingdom win for that incorruptible crown. One day I will be face to face with Jesus. And that which was in part in my life, it's going to be done away with. And I will see him, what he's done in my life in full totality. I, I, I know I don't want to be able to under, like, oh, understand. I didn't understand then, but man, if I would have had that attitude then, I wouldn't have made it. God, thank you. Thank you for having patience with me and working with me and keeping me on the potter's wheel and molding me and making me, oh God. I surrender. Let me remain tender. Let me remain sensitive to your spirit and not get hard. Oh, God, let me, oh, God, remain moldable to your will and your way. So we're running a race that we're given all the tools to. We are. We have the arm of God. We have the word of God. We've got the Holy Ghost. We got it. We got the tools. We've got the resources. And we've got full intel on the plays that our adversary has planned to overcome us. We already know, right? Isn't it funny when he does those plays that we know he's going to do? And he does it on us. And then first we're like, ah, I'm so, and I'm like, wait a minute. I've been telling everyone else that the enemy is going to do this. And now he's trying this on me. You know? And so then you're like, well, no, I can be an overcomer. And, and so, but just like we don't know what our race looks like, I promise you, trust in him. 
we don't know the mountains we're going to have to climb the rivers we'll have to uh, cross we don't know the victories we're going to experience the losses we'll have to endure but we know we know that it's our race it's the race that he has set before you and you and you and you and you all of your races look different but he'd set it before you and just you remember that you are not alone he knows our beginning from our ending. He knows the very hairs on our head. He hears every cry. He hears every prayer. And he saw us in our mother's womb. He, what takes place in our life is not a surprise to him. It's a surprise to us, but it's not a surprise to him. And so again, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into temptations knowing that the trying of your faith works patience but let i encourage you today let patience have her perfect work that you may be mature and whole in his presence and let me talk about a little bit about the prize because there is the prize and then there's a few prizes along the way and so before we reach the win in kingdom of god hearing him say well done and, and but we there are some wins that we can currently attain and but we're going to have to uh, go over a few hurdles along the way and now it's going to seem scary but we can overcome them a lot of hurdles we look back right you look back and you're like at the time that was scary but God brought me through right and I'm stronger now right well it's the same thing with the next set of hurdles you're going to overcome and then you're going to look back well I was, I was able to do that. I guess I can keep up, and I promise you, that's how you go from glory to glory. Yeah. By trusting in God and like, God, okay, that's the next hurdle. Well, let me, uh, you, if you put it here and you've given me all the tools, then I can do it, right? Because I can, all the wins that you have intended for me, Lord, I want to walk through. And greater work shall you do. And let me tell you this. Now, listen, listen. Even if you start small, here's some of the wins. Because what rejoices in God is, is for those that are, are not saved to receive the Holy Ghost, to be baptized in waters of baptism in the name of Jesus. That's what God just rejoices. The heavens rejoice when one comes back, right? And so I encourage you. This is a kingdom win, right? Even if you start small. And to your neighbors, well, this is the hurdle that I'm comfortable with. You bake them cookies, and you bring it to them. You can tell they've been discouraged and like, look, here's some cookies, and I'm just praying for you. Well, that might be one hurdle. And maybe the next hurdle is like, hey, I, I ran across this scripture, and I don't know if this would help. Right? That's the next hurdle. Right? And so then maybe pretty soon you're like, hey, can, I, can we get a group text going on? And every once in a while you're like, Hey, thinking about you today. Hey, if you ever want to come and do a Bible study, I'd, I'd love, like, I'm not, I don't know all the answers, but we, maybe we can learn it together. That's the next hurdle, right? And then pretty soon you're going to get stronger in your faith and in, in your win, and pretty soon they're going to be sitting right beside you at church, right? That's how you go from glory to glory. It's not, God doesn't expect you've got to know the, the whole Bible memorized, and then you can do a work for God. No, I'm, none of us would be here. So just start small. But if you learn to respond in faith, you're going to attain the kingdom win, and you will see, you will see kingdom wins here on this earth. And before any of the greats had their names, remember I talked about Hebrews 11 and 
Boy, reading this is incredible because here's what it says in Hebrews 11 about those greats. It says, ha ha, by faith, Noah, and, and then it says an action, right? But it starts with by faith. So when you all walk out of here to be the virtuous woman God has called you to be, it's going to be by faith. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out to a place, he goes by faith. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea by dry land, and the Egyptians were after them, but they drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they did what? They did an action. They compassed the walls about seven days. So there's a by faith. This is part of kingdom win, and then there's an action to it, right? And so Gideon, Samson, David, Samuel, the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of the lions, and that could be real lions, that could be lions that are roaring against you right now. They, they quench the violence of fire. They escape the edge of the sword, and it goes on and on of things they did and endured by faith on this race of their kingdom win. How they won and how we will win will be us stepping out. And I encourage you all throughout the day and after Sister Wagner, you step out in faith. You know, I receive whatever God has for me in boldness and in authority. And we're like, I've never seen her do that. You do it. Like, you know what, devil? They may think that I can't, but I can't. And if that's all I can do right now, then that's what you do. You respond in the, in the faith that you can right now. And I want you to turn to someone real quick and say, tell them, you're going to do great things for God. Tell them, I believe in you. So now you've had everyone told, so you can do it. You can come up here. But nothing is wasted. There's wins and losses. But day by day, you're growing in your faith. And Because I've lived long enough to see people no longer with us who have lost their way. And then I've seen those who've, who've come back, but they're struggling in the idea if they're even going to make it. And so I bind shame. I bind fear. I bind doubt. I bind anxiety. I bind never feeling enough. I bind comparison. And I release, in the name of Jesus, joy. And I release strength. And I release endurance in the name of Jesus. And I release renewed hope. In the Lord, in this place. Because you've called us into a greater purpose, oh God. You've told us to go into the world and preach the gospel. Go and be salt and light, oh God. And Lord, we respond in obedience to your callings, to your drawings, to our spirit, oh God. Because our kingdom went, God, I want to hear you say, well done. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Rakol. And I don't know if someone's in here just to play the music for just a few moments, and I'm nearing the end. Lord, I thank you, O oh God, for all that you've done already and what you're going to continue to do, O oh God. Rasata. And so Hebrews 12 and 1, it says, We're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses 
And I know you could think of all those that have gone before in this church, in this state. And they have received their kingdom win. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for me. Let me walk wholeheartedly in the path that you have for me. And I'm going to fix my eyes on you because you are the mature and the perfecter of my faith. And all those heroes in the Bible who responded and all those that have gone before and all those that we've known personally, they've received But we're not the first to this race, but we are the current baton holder. And let me tell you what those cloud of witnesses are shouting to us from heaven's finish line. Count it all joy! Keep the faith! Keep pressing! It's going to be worth it all! The trying of your faith is going to produce good seed. Throw off those weights. Don't fall into the trap of sin. And so right now, the gospel, the baton, is in our hands. The gospel is in our heart. And we're running the race. And some of us feel like it takes everything that we have in us to press. And we have good days and we have bad days. But still, the baton is in our hand. And we have a mission. We have purpose. And we are on the king's highway striving, reaching for an incorruptible crown. And we don't want to be like that scrappy Duran who came up short and raised his hands and said, no mas, no mas, too much has happened, no mas. We're not called to be that jackrabbit who started off so strong and so much potential. swamp of no hope or we got distracted by the hill of difficulty and we couldn't finish the finish line and all the while we got to keep pressing but we're also reaching for others who've gotten entangled and by the side who have fallen who are wounded and they're sidelined by the enemy and we're, we're pressing, but we're like, hey, hey, come on. No, 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 no. No, come on. You got you to gotta keep walking. I know your legs hurt, but you got to keep walking. I promise you God's going to do work. I promise you. Ramahayoko, you got to keep running. We're reaching for heaven. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. I implore you this morning, fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. If that's all you can do this morning, I don't have strength 
to do anything else. I have so much on my plate. That's all you do is fix your eyes on Jesus. And right now, we're just going to stand and say a prayer. And however you want to respond, if you would all stand for a moment. Hara oto horakasa harikata. Ha ha hara ha. Ha ha rioso. Ha If you want God to renew you, your mind, your strength, your want to, and if you want Him to give you a fresh vision of what He's planned for you, what he's planned for you to accomplish, what he intended for you to accomplish, right where you're at or however you want to respond, I pray right now, Lord, let the presence of God cover every lady's heart and mind. I pray, oh God, a peace that passeth understanding, oh God. I pray a strength. I pray a fire to grab a hold of these ladies who are ready to go into the next dimension. I pray that you wake them up in the middle of the night, that you don't let them sleep, that you put an intercessory prayer over them, oh God, to pray for their lost family, to pray for the community, to pray for their kids, oh God. I pray an anointing to cover them from the top of their head to the sole of their feet, oh God. I bind, oh God, any lie any weapon, any any distraction that the enemy is trying to use against them and their mind and their spiritual walk and, and their purpose in you, oh God. Let the anointing, let the Shekinah glory fill this place, fill this house. Let your presence, let your power do a work, not by might, nor by power, but by your spirit, by your Holy Ghost power, flood this place in the name of Jesus. I prophesy that the next six months are going to be the six best six months, oh God. I prophesy that whoever they're reaching for right now, that you're sending an angel, oh God, to that place, oh God, and you're doing a work. I pray for every backslidden husband. I pray for every backslidden child. I pray for every harboring uh, anger that's in the family, oh God. I release the joy of the Lord. I release the power of the Lord. God, you do our work, oh God. I fix my eyes on you, Jesus. You, oh Lord, are my strength in my life, oh God. In Jesus' name, Rocco.